All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're back for another Boca Podcast episode. It has been about 10 days or so, I think, since our last live stream, and it's good to be back. It was good to take a little bit of a break. I want to make sure I don't ever become robotic or too monotonous in conversation and the content that we're bringing to you. Uh, I had the opportunity to go spend time at the Rock That Multicultural Association Professional Photographers Conference. We sponsored. I got to speak, connect with um, some previous guests. George Mitchell, Sean Lee were there. Uh, they've been on the podcast before, but it was good to get away. It's also good to be back. And um, we've got a return guest that I'm going to introduce here in just a second today. But before I do that, a couple of reminders. If you are listening to the audio version of this on your favorite podcast player, Spotify or otherwise, we do live stream every single Boca Podcast episode now. If you go to facebook.com slash Boca Podcast or Facebook or excuse me, youtube.com slash Boca Podcast, you can watch the replays. You can also subscribe there um, at on, on YouTube to keep up with the next upcoming live stream. So go go do that. YouTube.com slash Boca Podcast. Subscribe, turn on the notifications, and keep up to date with the next live stream. And then one other note as well, as I promised that I would do before every episode, I did donate again today to Charity Water. You can see the little receipt there on the screen. They changed the format for some reason. Um, but I did donate to Charity Water today before we got started, as I promised I would do before every episode. And I bring this up just as a reminder and encouragement for any and all of our listeners to look for opportunities to get back. It's amazing how even just a little bit of money can go a long ways in making the difference in people's lives. So look for the opportunities in your local community, national, international organizations. There's plenty of opportunity to do that. I would encourage you to do just that. All right. Enough of me and my monologue. It's time to bring in our guest today, a return guest, believe it or not, Sean. Sean, let me bring you in here. There's Sean. Sean Brown is here with me. Sean, hey, thanks for coming. How's back it going? Good. Me. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me back. I love the piano music. This is like the last time I was on. This is production level. Take it 10x of what it previously was, which is already incredible. <laughs> so props to you for stepping up your game on that. Oh, thanks, man. Well, we're, we're trying to, we're continuing to try to, and I have to give a major shout out to my producer, Jill, who also runs our digital marketing for the various photographers edit and book of podcast brands. Uh, but it's been a, a fun experiment. We're still learning the ropes. And what you don't see, Sean, is like the million different buttons and things that I have to click on, <laughs> the volume levels and whatever, this whole control panel is sitting in front of me. And I'm still learning it. Every once in a while, I click the wrong button. The other day, I accidentally, I use keyboard shortcuts too, and I clicked the wrong keyboard shortcut and shut off the whole pro broadcast. <laughs> I certainly inadvertently didn't mean to and had to log back in. So yeah, we're, we're learning as we go, but I think we're making it work pretty well. I appreciate the kind words. It's good to have you back. And for everybody listening in, if you didn't hear Sean's original podcast episode, podcast episode 390, and we'll link to this in the show notes at bookapodcast.com, episode 390, how to build a senior photography brand. And Sean, I have to go ahead and, and pop up on the screen the uh, Instagram account, first of all, Sean Brown Productions, just like it sounds. Beautiful senior work there on that feed. And then your website as well. Also pop up here on the screen for those of you that are watching the live feed, seanbrownproductions.com. And uh, Sean, if you will, just kind of briefly introduce your brand for those that didn't get to hear that first episode. Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Sean Brown, and I'm a high school senior photographer based out of Portland, Oregon, and Vancouver, Washington. And aside from doing the senior photography, I also help educate and inspire other photographers to grow and build the businesses of their dreams so that they can have the freedom, flexibility, and ultimately time to do what they truly want to do. And so I've been super grateful. I think this is year eight and a half or nine. I, I kind of lose count after about year three of it, and it just keeps building and building. But yeah. Um, yeah, so that's what I do high school seniors exclusively and um, loving every single minute of it. Well, and I love the exclusivity, the focus, the attention to the, the niche. This is something we talk about quite a bit on the podcast. I know that we talked about your brand position in episode 390. So I'll, I'll leave that alone for now. But I think there's something to be said in this day and age where there are so many photographers in the market. And unfortunately, many, and, and I say unfortunately for them, many of them don't have a distinct brand position. And I think they kind of get lost in the noise. There's so many photographers offering services. So I love that you've found a niche and you've really dialed it in. And it sounds like you're making it really, I mean, it, you're making it happen very simply. Yeah, it's been, it's been incredible. And kind of about the niche thing, even 
one of the things that I've always said is it, you don't have to niche down, but it just makes everything a whole lot easier. And so when you are niching down, what it allows you to do, and we'll kind of dive into this in this episode, because that kind of ties into everything we're going to talk about. But when you niche down, it allows you to just direct your messaging a whole lot more specific to your target clients, to your followers. And when you're able to do that, you're able to better connect with them, to better serve them. And in return, they trust you more, they get to know you better. And so you can do everything. I'm not saying you can't do everything, but especially in the senior world, it kind of becomes something that they are looking for a senior photographer. They're not looking for a a wedding photographer. They're not looking for a newborn photographer. They're looking for a senior photographer who's going to capture this time in their life. And um, niching down is probably the best thing that I've ever done for my business. Well, and I love to, I'm going to pull your website back up here for those that might be watching the live stream, the brand position on your website, the ultimate senior portrait experience. And this is actually an example of uh, how you can go about creating a brand position. We talk about these on brand position consultations that I do occasionally here on the podcast, owning that space, basically setting yourself up as the ultimate whatever genre, in this case, senior portrait photographer, you're saying, I am the ultimate experience. And the, the caveat that I give when I share this with photographers, with listeners, and I, I did actually last week at the, uh, the conference that I spoke at, is that's an option, but you better back it up too. Like if you're going to say exactly. you're the ultimate yeah. photographer offering this particular service or the genre, you better actually back that up with the ultimate experience. Can you give just a couple of examples of how you do that? Totally. So I always, I think one of the big things is when you contrast it with individuals who have had their senior or had their other daughters or son's senior photos taken, and they kind of come in with this preconceived notion where maybe all they did was go to a location for an hour, hour and a half, the photographer shows up and they shoot a few good photos and yeah, they get some good images out of it, but that's kind of where that whole experience stops, right? Where they throw the digital images their way in a gallery or something like that. And that's kind of all they know of senior photos. And then you contrast that with walking into a full service senior photography studio where we're starting out with the the females with hair and makeup or the guys even we might do uh, what we call kind of our ESPN hairstyle where um, you know, they're getting their hair done and uh, cleaning up a little bit of acne and stuff like that. Okay. So because, you know, it's much cooler to be Scott Van Pelt than, uh, you know, one of the guys that just, you know, puts on makeup just to put on makeup or something like that. So you <laughs> kind of frame it in that position. Okay. And then <clears throat> what we do is we start there in the studio and then the entire thing, everything from exactly where we're going to shoot to what they are wearing at this specific location to um, making sure that they have every single thing thought of, everything from water and snacks to bringing extra accessories, everything mapped out for them. And then we tie it in with the products and then we tie it in with the product delivery and we tie it in with um, every single organizational prep email being sent out to them on time. All of those little ties, the, the loose ends, so to speak, you just want to make sure that every single thing is exactly perfect for them. And when they contrast that with, yeah, we booked the session, the photographer showed up, we didn't really know them ahead of time, they didn't do much in that regard. And then you contrast that with the full experience, it, it blows their mind, it blows them away. And I always hear clients say, you know, oh my goodness, this is like more than we ever could have expected and those sorts of things. And that's what you want to do if you are positioning yourself, kind of like you said, Nathan, as the ultimate senior photo experience. And if you're not doing that, that becomes a brand disconnect and almost plays kind of negatively into your brand position. For sure. Well, and again, to their to our earlier conversation, there are so many photographers out there now. And actually, for that matter, there are just a lot of people out there with these things, these cell phones that yeah. can take beautiful pictures. If you even halfway know what you're doing, slap a filter yeah. on it and you look similar to the photographer down the street. We have to up the ante when it comes to providing a better experience that makes us or enables us to stand out from the competition, whether professional or otherwise. So I I love that you're doing that. And man, I wish we could spend more time there. We have a lot more to cover. I do have one other question for you. And this is something we touched on a little bit more serious note that we touched on in the last episode. And I kind of want to get an update from your perspective in the industry, something that I've expressed concern about two or three times here on the podcast um, over the last couple of years is in senior photography, something I've noticed kind of a trend, unfortunately, is the sexualization of 
the young girls who are in front of the camera. Uh, the, the posing, uh, the super suggests a posing in particular, whether it's expression on the face and or the actual posing of, of their bodies, however they're, they're posed and whatever background is being used. And it's just, it, it kind of makes me feel gross. And, and then it naturally makes me wonder about the people that are behind the camera doing this work. Have you seen any improvement in that regard in the industry? Are, we, are photographers step, taking a step back from that? Has that continued? What are your thoughts on it at this point? And you know, that's one of the things too that I have been especially conscious about going into the business. And you're exactly right. You know, that definitely was a trend several years back. I think it's less so now. Um, there definitely, you know, are times when you see it. However, I think that photographers as a whole are a little bit more conscious of that. Um, and I hope that it's in part by seeing that you can be successful without having to do that. I think that a lot of people, you know, they think, ooh, we, you know, we need to make them appear um, like they're models and like they're edgy and stuff like that. And I think that we're seeing, especially even just brands in general outside of the senior photography industry, almost do less of that now. I think there's almost kind of more of a social conscious, uh, if you want to call it that or something like that. And it's almost pushing photographers to go into that direction as well. So, um, you know, as of last year, I don't think that that's kind of like the reference point as much Mm -hmm. as it maybe was even five, 10 years ago, where I think that was very much more a thing, but it's, I think it's definitely improving. And, um, you know, at the same, same time, I'm just trying to do my part in, in pushing everyone in that right direction. Yeah. Well, I mean, your work is beautiful. I'm, I'm, and in fact, I'll jump back to your, your website here just really quick. And, and I see these, uh, by the way, I really love the, the, uh, the magazine style presentation of your seniors. I think it's really, really <laughs> cool. You. And for those of you who are missing this live stream, make sure you just go to seanbrownproductions.com or you can go back to youtube.com slash Boca podcast, facebook.com slash Boca podcast and see the replay. But, uh, I'm seeing beautiful images of, of these girls who, and I know it's kind of an interesting point of conversation because they're at this point where they're going from girl to woman, right? They're, they're turning into an adult. And maybe the idea of presenting them as a grown woman or as a, as a person turning to a woman, that makes sense. But I, I've just been constantly amazed at the, the suggestive posing and the expressions on the face. And, and it's just, I don't know, it, it, it's bothersome to me. And I'm also amazed that in a world right now where people are so sensitive to so many issues, that this has not been more mainstream a conversation in the photography industry. So anyway, I just appreciate your commentary on it. I appreciate you leading the way and showing how beautiful imagery can be created without having to over-sexualize or to sexualize, period. Um, because I, I, I just think we're... Well, I mean, I think it speaks for itself. It, it's a problem, and, and I think that it needs to be highlighted and ultimately minimized. So I appreciate your take on that, Sean. By the way, oh, you've, got a, yeah. you've got a fan uh, listening in, watching Whitney Smith is saying, yay, Sean. <laughs> Um, thanks hey, for Whitney. chiming in, Whitney. And, and by the way, for anybody who is listening and watching live, don't be shy. I know we've got people on the live stream right now. Don't be shy. Ask questions, make comments as we get into the, the topic at hand today. We're going to actually be talking about how to build a client journey, which is not something that we hear discussed a whole lot in the photography industry. So I'm excited about this one. This is something we're thinking about more with our brands as well right now. Um, so it's a very relevant conversation. I may ask a few selfish questions, actually, Sean, uh, because we're, we're thinking a little bit more about how we build out client funnels, the experience from you know, start to finish, the first time they hear about us to the time that they engage with our site to the time that they actually book us, and then the ongoing relationship with them, too. There's so many different elements to this. But uh, that being said, anybody listening in, watching, ask questions, make comments. And by the way, if you're not here on the live stream currently, come back, hang out with us in the future, because this is one of the benefits is to be able to engage with our guests. On that note, Sean, let's just jump right in. Um, And, and, you know, I I have to ask you too, before we get to the main topic, one other question, just to kind of bring everybody up to speed. And again, episode 390, for anybody who missed the first one, on since that first episode, what would you say is maybe one of the biggest lessons that you've learned? And by the way, it doesn't have to be related to COVID. Uh, It could be. But something that you learned over the last year, I think it was May of last year that you were on the show, mm-hmm. so year plus, one of the biggest lessons that you've learned and ultimately implemented in your business, would love to hear what that is. Yeah, well, I think the biggest thing, and I'm, I'm going to draw from other photographers' experiences too that I've seen, where one of the biggest things that I've seen is, uh, and it is, it is going to be COVID-related, Nathan, just because that's kind of the world that we've been sure. living in for the last year or so. Yeah. And one of the things, I think we probably filmed that episode March or April, And what's only happened 
since March or April of last year, especially in the senior world, is we've only seen the acceleration of what was already happening. Hmm. And what I mean by that is photographers that, and you know, I'm not going to say a lesson that I've implemented immediately, but it's something that I've been doing over the past five, six, seven, eight years. And the acceleration that we've seen is that individuals who really value senior photography, who want to be a part of senior photography, rather than just kind of like staying in the middle or um, choosing, you know, the second best or something like that, they're choosing to go all the way in. We saw last year where people were cutting back how much they were spending on travel. They were, you know, stuck at home. And all of a sudden you saw not only all of everyone's senior year kind of taken away with no proms, no graduations, um, no senior year football games for some individuals. And all of a sudden you saw them saying, well, we need to give our child something. We need to give them something to take away, something to remember this year by, even though everything else was taken away from us. And senior Mm -hmm. photos was kind of the one thing that they could control. Mm -hmm. And so what you saw in the senior industry, which I had kind of seen the writing on the walls for, for several years, to be honest, all you saw it happen was Accelerate, which really was the photographers that were getting by on the lower price, the volume, the competing on price aspect, kind of not really building in that client journey, not building in that senior photography experience. What you saw happen was a lot of people saying, you know what, if we're going to do senior photos at all, we're going to go to the best. We're going to go to who we love the most, whose work we're drawn to, who gives that full experience, Mm. if we're going to do it at all. And so one of the things that I think that I learned years and years ago was don't compete on price. Don't race to the bottom. And if you are trying to do that, you know, you have to really know the business side. You either need to be high volume, you need to have staff, et cetera, in order to make that happen. But if you want to have a business that works, that's thriving, going that high end, kind of that more boutique, less volume model, in my opinion, is a 100% way to go um, because you've seen the shift of people who, who, if they value photography, they're not going with the middle price photographers. They're going with the photographers that are really, really tuned into what is going on, giving that best experience. And so that's just something that I've seen as a shift in the last year. Wow. And so it's not something I necessarily did immediately. Uh, it's been kind of the work in progress, but really working towards that. And COVID really just if anything, just helped accelerate that transition. So when you say you're doing more of that, do you mean that you're upping your prices and, and create like separating yourselves even further from those that are kind of on the lower end as far as price point goes? Yeah. And, and in my market, I mean, I'm well, well into that range already. So the next closest photographer, I'm probably double what they're charging wow. and if not more. Yeah. And so there's already that really big price difference that I built into the market but it also is not just necessarily price related. It's kind of that, like you alluded to earlier, which is if you are taking a stand and you're saying you're the best, you also need to bring it with that experience. And price absolutely impacts the perception of your brand, but you also need to back that up, right? Because if there's an incongruency between the price you're charging and the value they're receiving, yep. that becomes a really bad thing for you. But if you can kind of merge or bridge the gap, merge the two between the price that they're paying and the value they're receiving and even over deliver on those high prices or not even high prices, but just the appropriate prices, I should say. And let's even just reframe the conversation about that. But if you can do that, you're going to be extremely successful. Well, I I think the, the idea of backing up the experience or excuse me, backing up the message with the experience. uh, I mean, I'm, hearing this theme in our conversation today. And I think it's a really good one that needs to be reiterated. It's something that we have discussed on, on these Boca podcasts, uh, brand position consultations that we do, but it's really important that if we're going to stand out, that we don't just say some words because a lot of photographers just put words on their site to kind of be cute or pretty and, you know, copy paste, whatever is kind of popular at the moment to say in whatever genre they're in. Um, kind of like, the phrase stand out. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah. If you're going to stand out, sure. Come up with a distinct brand position statement. The words matter. You start there, but then you follow it up with experience, back it up with experience. Um, and to your point, it's not just about price either. It's ultimately about the experience. You got to back it up, but word gets out. If, if you charge a premium, but then you didn't deliver on the experience, people would talk about that. 
if you deliver even more value than what you're charging, people talk about that too, but in the best way possible and you get more business from it. So uh, we, could, we could follow that rabbit trail all day long. I'm going to keep going though, because we have something interesting to kind of get into. And that is building this client journey to kind of set us up though. You said something interesting leading up to our conversation today, which is just showing up on social media isn't enough to grow a business. And I'd love for you to give context to that statement before we get into what we actually need to be focusing our time and energy on. Yeah, totally. So one of the things that we see a lot of photographers say is, oh, you're not booking clients. You just need to show up more on social media. You just need to do more Instagram reels. You need to do more Instagram posts. And that's great. And I'm not going to disagree that posting more on social is is not you know, it's not a bad thing to do. But at the same time, we also have to understand what showing up actually means. And so it's not just enough to say, okay, we're just going to post more on social media. And if we post more, more people are going to see our photos. And we've kind of seen over the years, the Instagram, especially the Facebook pages algorithm. If you guys were a photographer back in, you know, early days of Facebook pages where you could grow it to 100,000 seemingly overnight. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, dang, I can't even get like 20 people to see my posts on a page of 100,000. We've seen their reach decrease. And Unfortunately, Facebook and Instagram are kind of partnered together. Like, we're not really separating the two. Facebook owns Instagram. And so you're going to see that start happening with Instagram in one way or another. And so what we need to do as photographers is it's not necessarily about the volume of content that we're posting, the number of times that we're posting, but as much as it is about the quality and the actual content itself that we're posting. And that's kind of where whole client journey ties in where photographers that are just posting sneak peek after sneak peek, any other photographer can do that. That doesn't make you different. That doesn't make you special. It doesn't tell your clients how you're going to solve their problems or uh, overcome their objections in any way. All it does is tell them, hey, I take great photos. If you like my photos, you should hire me. But we also have to take into account the photographer down the road that's saying, hey, I also take great photos. Here's what you, you know, here's what you also get with me. Here's what it's like to work with me, et cetera. And so it's not enough just to show up as much as it is. We need to show up, but doing the right things and making sure that we're essentially doing that client journey, overcoming those objections and really allowing our clients to get to know us, especially in a personal brand era, better than they ever would have thought that they could have. Well, and I've been guilty of this, so I can speak from experience. The last thing that we need to do, to your point, is just to kind of mindlessly post because that's the thing to yeah. do, or to mindlessly blog because that's the thing to do in the moment. You know, whatever, it's, it's very easy to kind of follow whatever the trend is currently, and, and certainly the trend that is getting results, we just kind of do that thing and react to whatever the trend is rather than being more intentional. And that kind of is a great segue, I think, to my next question, which is, about strategy. And I've learned the hard way over the years as a business owner, working with multiple brands, that if you just kind of randomly and haphazardly go about your business, you may be able to run a business. You may even be able to grow a bit, but it's not sustainable. You have to be intentional. You have to be strategic. And you, you say that photographers need to have a client journey in place that overcomes, as you mentioned earlier, objections while simultaneously informing them about what it is that you do. Let's start first with that phrase client journey, because it sounds a little bit cliche. We, we use the word journey a lot in our industry and our culture these days. But I'd be curious how you define that phrase specifically. Yeah, well, and I call it a journey, journey because, frankly, it's, it, it's exactly that. What we want to do as photographers is anybody who sees our work, who follows us, should know exactly what it is that we do from start to finish. They should be able to follow along with almost every single client that you photograph and say, okay, what happened when they booked? What happened up leading up to the session? What happened during the session? What about after the session? What about three months after the session? What does that look like for the client? And what they're doing is they're essentially qualifying you as if they want to have you as their photographer. They're saying, do I want to be part of this process or do I not? And what we do when we just post sneak peeks is we they say, okay, we know that you take great photos, but what is it like to work with you? 
What do you do? What do you offer us as part of your experience? Do we do anything else except for show up for the photo shoot? Like, do we get any prep materials? They're asking these questions in our in their head. And if we're not bringing them through that process, and we're only showing them one little, you know, minute portion of what it is that we do, which is taking the photos, and I don't think any photographer is going to argue with me when we say sitting, uh, sitting down or, you know, taking photos is the majority of what we do in the business. It's sitting down at the computer. It's uh, client meetings. It's like all these other things. Mm -hmm. And our clients, all they know is the photo side. And so what we need to do is we need to show them that's not all that we're about. We also do this, 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 and this. And what we're doing is we're essentially inviting them to be a part of that senior experience without booking. And by doing that, what's going to happen is we're in essence going to attract that ideal client because those that do resonate with what we do and what we are doing are going to reach out. They're going to follow us. They're going to be more um, more involved in following the process because they're getting more, um, you know, they want to get closer to you and understand a little bit more about what it is because they're beginning to picture themselves in that environment. And that's kind of what the client journey is designed to do is it's designed that even if you haven't booked you know what is coming from start to finish. And so, you know, journey is cliche, but it's exactly that. You want to lead them from that starting point to the ending point, even if they haven't booked with you or even if they don't book with you. You want them telling their friends about what it is that you do, even if they're not a part of that experience uh, directly. Okay, so... and maybe and as as we're talking about so I'm going to switch over to your site. Forgive me for anybody who might have heard a little audio blip there. I was as Sean was talking and I, I had noticed something on his site talking about the the vlog, the YouTube channel ultimately. So I clicked on that, a video automatically started playing. But Sean, I'm I'm here on your YouTube channel when you talk about taking the customer or potential customer kind of taking them through the experience or displaying, showing them what that experience looks like. Is this part of the way that you go about that process? Absolutely. And we can dive into this a little bit more. And this is something that is by far the newest thing that I've tried out or have been doing. And one of the things behind the vlog was the client journey was working really effectively. It was answering the questions. And I remember sitting down specifically, it was a little group with probably four or five of my seniors that I had booked and a couple of their friends. And basically, we just went out for uh, Mod Pizza. It's a great pizza place. You get to make their make your own, so everybody gets what they want. And I basically just said, hey, I want to ask you some questions. I want to learn a little bit more about how I can do better. And one of the things that came up was photographers always say, well, word of mouth is my best marketing source. Instagram and social media, everyone, if they follow me on social media, you know, that's how I get a lot of my clients, right? And so... One of the things that I was seeing is, yeah, those were working, but they weren't working quite as effectively as I would have thought that they could. And so one of the things that I heard was they loved my work. Their friends were telling me, uh, telling them great things about working with me. But one of the biggest objections they had was that they didn't know what it was like to work with me exactly or what it, you know, who they were potentially going to hire. They hadn't met me in person. And so what I said is, okay, well, video is by far the most effective way to communicate a personal brand. So if I can incorporate video into my business, then what that's going to do is it's going to allow people to get to know me. They're going to be as close to being on session with me as humanly possible without being on session. And so we basically said, you know what? We're just going to try this whole vlog thing. We're going to see what happens. And uh, this year, I think we're going to hit vlog like 73 or 74. So over the last two years, it's really just blown up. Um, People always say, you know, what's the ROI on it? And the ROI on it is everything. This is by far the two busiest years I've ever had. Hmm. And in part, I believe a lot of that is due to really kind of diving into that personal brand, getting people to know you before even booking you and showing you, hey, you're not just, you know, an average senior photographer, like you're willing to joke with them. You're going to do yeah. silly stuff like the last uh, YouTube vlog that you saw on there where I left my camera at the hair and makeup salon. It was joking around about how we're going to have to do our photos on portrait mode and only to whip out a backup camera. Like that's the stuff that they love to see. And that's the stuff that makes you human at the end of the day. Or I accidentally, I'm, I'm looking at another title here. I accidentally sit in dog poop during a, a senior session. Yeah. <laughs> and this is just real stuff that happens yeah. during senior photos where you're like, oh crap, I 
smelling crap right now and <laughs> yeah. I think I just sat in some dog doo-doo. So yeah, it's like that's the stuff that happens and makes you real. So I can imagine that the potential client, the senior ultimately, sees this experience and is potentially drawn to your brand because of it. Is there any concern when you're thinking about competition? Um, and, and as I've said before in the podcast, I get community over competition. But when we're thinking about the, the way the client sees us, other photographers are competition, right? So when you think about competition, you're essentially sharing your experience, the experience that you create at Sean Brown Productions with other photographers as well. Is there any concern about competition taking those ideas and running with them? That. That's a wonderful question and something that's come up in a lot of coaching calls that um, probably over the last few months, especially as people have started to see, they're like, my bookings are not going quite as well as I wish they would. Mm. I need to do something to change it up. And my first instinct is to ask them, okay, how are we show, showing our clients how we're different? And they say, well, I don't want to post it because, you know, so-and-so down the road is going to see it and then they're going to start doing the exact same thing. So kind of exactly what the question is that you're asking. You're basically, you know, you're afraid that your competition is going to to copy or Mm -hmm. to steal it or whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. But what we fail to realize is that by not sharing, we do ourselves a bigger disservice, which is we don't show our clients the full impact of the experience that we offer. And so if we're not doing that, what's going to happen is now all of a sudden we've kind of pigeonholed ourselves where we basically say, I'm just going to take better photos than the photographer down the road. And now what we've done is we've kind of left it to subjectivity where now all of a sudden we're letting the client choose whose style they like better or something like that. And then all of a sudden if they're like, well, we like both of their work, let's just see where they're both priced at. Now all of a sudden it becomes more of a price discussion, which is, hey, is, you know, Sean or this other photographer down the road, who's going to get a better deal? Who's given more digital images and stuff like that? And now all of a sudden it becomes kind of a quantity or a value discussion solely based around price without introducing any of the experience. And so what we've done is we basically said everything we offer, we might as well not even do that because we're not even really offering that to our prospective clients as even an option. They don't really know about it until maybe we get them into um, some sort of like client email funnel or something like that. Like, sure, there are ways to do that. But what we want to do is we basically want to have their decision made before they've even contacted us, right? That pricing should be the very last component they're ever seen. And if we can build that brand, and who cares if the photographer down the road copies you, right? Like, no senior photographer is going to go down into Portland, accidentally sit on dog poop and throw that in the vlog. They're going to be like, oh, we got to cut that out of the vlog, right? But meanwhile, yeah. I'm like, let's embrace it. If I have to shoot the rest of the session with like dog poop on my shorts, like so be it. That's life right there at that point. Well, yeah. It's, and it's that kind of highlights the importance of just staying even a small step ahead. And it's funny, even the things that might seem insignificant, they ultimately can set your brand apart. We're in a situation right now where, uh, with one of our brands, uh, where, and, and we've certainly experienced it over the past as well with Photographer's Edit, but one of our newer brands where we, we see some um, some potential copying that's that's being done behind the scenes. And what I said to one of our operations managers was, you know what, at the end of the day, I mean, first of all, truth and love wins, right? Like if, if, if somebody's going to be sketchy and start to kind of copy what you do and try to undermine you or undercut you, uh, it'll show itself. People, people see the person who's taking the lead and doing it with a good spirit and ultimately innovating. I mean, the, the innovation, we can talk about being nice all day long, but at the end of the day, the innovation is what is going to stand out. And it, you're doing that and, and doing it, by the way, in a fun way, which is going to resonate with your potential client base, which is the young kids. The last thing they want is a boring photographer who's so uptight yeah. um, that, that you know, can't have fun on a session. And so you're demonstrating that you're creating that environment, which is really cool. You're taking along for that, that so-called journey, which we're going to get into in detail here in a second, and ultimately displaying that experience that they can have with you. And man, I, again, this is something that I'm thinking about with our brands uh, as well. One in particular at the moment that at the end of the day, experience is what is going to matter. Like the, the next yeah. shiny thing can come along and everybody can latch onto that and offer that as a product or a service. But at the end of the day, if you're able to create a different experience that makes that person feel better, then you've got something. And that's really important. Photographers can't lose sight of that, especially in this super busy market that we live in. But let well, me... And, and just, to, yeah, just go kind of to go off of that, this is not anything new that I'm doing, by the way. There have been businesses that have been built on this. And just exactly like what you're saying is like, this is stuff we're seeing in our brands. So we're not just as photographers, like we don't have to think of this as photography specific. 
Look at what other brands are doing. Look at what outside brands have done. Uh, Apple, for example, you know, they absolutely rocked the computing world in the early 2000s by doing exactly what you just mentioned, Nathan, which is building the experience, building the Apple store, building the genius bar, building that kind of all in one experience, the education with the um, the products and the service, like all of that stuff. We're basically just doing that. And as, as photographers, we're we're showcasing that we can do the exact same thing that Apple has done, which is create the experience as a whole. And that's what ultimately brings people in and attracts them. Well, but I also love that you bring that example up because it's a perfect example of what we were talking about. Because then what happened? Apple did that. And then Windows went and tried to copy, right? So Microsoft mm-hmm. went and created stores that look almost identical in nature. And I mean, I can't speak for everybody, but certainly personally, I saw that I couldn't help but just laugh because we know who did it first. We know who led the way. And then we saw the person that was copying that brand in an attempt to be like them because they had seen the success that Apple had had with it. And so they naturally followed suit. But we know who led with it and we know who the innovator was. And, and I think that speaks for itself. Let me go ahead and jump, though, to my, this question that centers around what this customer journey or client journey actually looks like. Will you share, first of all, just the steps as you see them in that client journey? And then we'll, we'll get into detail and break them down. Yeah, absolutely. So we kind of break this into, and I was talking with Nathan about this, four phases or four stages of the client journey. And the first stage is we want to do the before the session phase. And that's anything that happens up into the point that you're actually sitting down and photographing them. We have the during the session phase, and that's pretty self-explanatory. That's What happens during the session? What's it like during the actual shoot itself? And then we have the after the session phase. But we also have one that is the educational phase. And the educational phase, in my opinion, is also one of the most important phases because what that does is part of your client journey or your social media workflow or whatever you want to call it. What that allows you to do is that is really where we bring in how we're different. How can we stand out? How are we essentially elevating ourselves against the competition in our area and bringing the maximum amount of value to our clients. And it kind of comes down to the point that Nathan said, where, you know, it's like, what's the, you know, what's the point? Or, you know, do you see photographers get scared by not sharing all of their information? And it really comes down to that educational phase, which is, this is our time to really stand, stand out, put ourselves out there and essentially separate ourselves from the competition. And it kind of all ties into the client journey because everything in the client journey works in stages um, where we have different seasons in our business. There are very few photographers probably listening that say, yeah, we shoot year round. Maybe if you live in uh, California or parts of Texas, you might be able to do that. But for a large majority of us, it's very seasonal. And so that client journey becomes even more important with how do we kind of position that client journey within the different seasons and how do we make that in a way where now all of a sudden rather than you know disappearing off social media we have year-round consistent marketing with stuff that also like i mentioned simultaneously or overcomes objections while simultaneously allowing them to get to know about you and your experience interesting so is it as simple i mean as a concept is it as simple as basically having a calendar for the business and and it's based on i don't know i'm thinking about like the the actual senior year they're starting to think about their senior pictures probably what summer leading up to their senior year even before that and even or yeah and it's going to be that's kind of the whole seasonality thing too right because it's going to differ a little bit so you guys down in tennessee you guys are going to be more shifted into the fall versus us where by mid-October, we're kind of wrapped. So this is like full-on busy season for me at the time of us recording this mm. in September. And so they're booking, you know, anywhere from J- January to to June. Um, I would say probably April, kind of after spring break is where okay. it really starts to pick up. And okay. then it kind of ramps down right around June. And so what we have to do is we, as photographers, we have to kind of recognize all right, where in my like shooting season am I right now? Because it's going to differ from me in Vancouver or even a Southern Cal or, you know, even a Texas photographer or Arizona photographer where it's like hot AF in the summertime. So they're definitely not shooting then. And so we have to kind of shift it around. And so it's less about necessarily specific months in the calendar as much as it is um, what I call the shooting seasons where we kind of have our, our booking season, our 
our shooting season and then kind of our quote unquote off season, which it seems like there's uh less and less of an off season every single year. Yeah, it is weird to actually see that <laughs> yeah. happening. Um, okay. So are you, when you're coming up with this client journey, then are you actually looking at a calendar and planning the journey starting in a certain month going to this place? I mean, do you have like a first, second, third, fourth quarter that you're planning out on that calendar based on the way that your local market functions or is it that totally. specific? Okay. Yeah. And, and yeah. Because the, if oh, oh, go, go for it. I was just going to say, does the marketing message change then based on when you're starting that process? If you're shooting from, say, January to June, if that's the, the season, then, uh, or maybe even a little bit later into September, like you were talking about now. But if, if, you're, if you're booking and then shooting in that time frame, does the marketing process for that season begin at a particular month the year before? When, when does it actually start? Yeah. So, and we'll kind of break it down. So, really kind of what we're getting into is the educational phase of things. Which and is so also, edu- you, would you just call it like marketing as well? or, or do you Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the reason I like educational and, and we can talk about it as marketing is it's more about uh, marketing. Really what we need to do is we need to s- s- provide some sort of value to our clients. Mm. And so just telling the clients, Hey, we offer this. That doesn't necessarily go as deep as we need to. Okay. I always use the example of hair and makeup. We offer professional hair and makeup for every single one of our clients that we work with. Okay. That, that's great. So now we know what it is that you do. We need to educate them on why we do that. Mm. And so what we need to do is we need to take it a step further. And so it's less about, and, I, and I re- I'll relate it to kind of features versus benefits. The feature is we offer hair and makeup. The benefit is we offer professional hair and makeup so that you don't have to worry about stressing getting ready for your senior photos. So that, uh, you, know, you know, we offer professional hair and makeup and we work with a team of artists that know exactly what they're doing so that you get the exact desired outcome and result that you want so that your senior photos look exactly how you had envisioned. Like that's the educational portion of it. So if we were to just say we offer professional hair and makeup, which I see a lot of photographers do or something to that, you know, that tune where they say we offer products, we offer professional hair and makeup, we go to cool locations. That's not necessarily diving into the educational aspect, which is how does it actually benefit your client? And so that's why I like calling it the educational phase, because it kind of goes beyond the just we offer X, Y, or Z, and really dives into how are we actually impacting and benefiting our clients as a result of what we do. I love it. Yeah, I was actually taking notes here because, again, this is a bit selfish on my part. I'm thinking about how we're (laughs) marking our brands as well, but starting with the why, continuing with the what, and then maybe not finishing with how, but it seems like that's kind of the natural progression. That would be the next step is communicating how, but you're, you're building in their minds the reasoning why your brand even matters and you're speaking like you're saying you're not just talking about a service but you're actually speaking to their needs and to their desires in that process i would assume as well are you using and and there's so many different directions we could go here and i'll bring us back on track i (laughs) promise but are you using uh snapchat and and uh tiktok as well as platforms to market are you just sticking to instagram and and youtube yeah not as much snapchat um as years back so snapchat really was fantastic in oh my goodness probably have to backtrack a little bit probably like right around the 2017 mark Hmm. snapchat was highly effective okay and one of the things that we saw with snapchat was it was just a way of providing that real behind the scenes aspect of things right so that was kind of the client journey um kind of the during the shoot well we can and let me backtrack you're not necessarily using one social media platform throughout the entire client journey. So let me yes. just make that very clear. You're yeah. not reliant on one platform. You're not relying on just Instagram or just YouTube or just um, Snapchat or just TikTok or anything like that. What you want to do is you really need to figure out how do these platforms play into that particular part of the client journey. So for instance, uh, in the days of Snapchat, kind of 2017, uh, that was right before Instagram Stories really launched. Instagram Stories has only been out, I think it was right around the 2017, 2018 mark that Instagram Stories came out. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden we saw, okay, well, now we can kind of do what we did on Snapchat with Instagram Stories, showing the behind the scenes. And so what a lot of photographers think is, oh, 
this is just another place for me to post my images. When in reality, what we need to do is we need to say, okay, what do we need to accomplish in this particular part of the client journey? So let's take one specific example. So kind of diving into the Snapchat thing of what I was doing. Snapchat, what we can do is we can say, okay, well, I need to showcase my clients and having them take you know, possession of their products, kind of the product delivery, their product pickup or whatever. And what photographers may do is they may say, okay, well, for Instagram, I'm just going to post a photo of uh, the products or on in- and on Snapchat, I'm just going to post a photo of them getting their products. And on Facebook, I'm just going to post a video, uh, a photo of them taking their products, right? So do we see how that's all the same? We basically have just taken what we were going to do on Instagram and just kind of put it in every single different social media platform. Right, right. And then what we do is we say, okay, well, rather than that, what if we can go deeper? What if what we can do is say with Snapchat, we're actually going to film their live reaction. What we're going to do is we're going to say, we're going to not even mute it. We're not going to put audio over it. We're going to hear their mom's reactions. We're going to see their actual expressions of you, you know, maybe knocking on their door, opening up your studio door and handing them the product bag Maybe what we're doing is we're repurposing it in a couple ways for Instagram and showcasing a nice, uh, beautiful product shot or something like that. And maybe on Facebook, what we're doing is uh, posting a little boomerang and uh, repurposing that for Facebook. Like we're thinking about how we can create the content in different ways. But yeah. the sole message is we offer products and this is a service that we offer. And we can see the benefit of it because we can see their expressions. We can see exactly how everything looks, the quality of the products. And so what we're doing is we're essentially creating content that overcomes objections like, you know, um, what if my products don't, what if my photos don't turn out well? Um, what's the quality of the products that it even offers? Or I can get that down at Costco or things like, um, you know, what if I don't love how my photos turn out? And now all of a sudden I have an album of myself, of photos that I hate, like, we're, we're kind of subconsciously overcoming those objections sure. by everything that I just talked about. Yep. Man, I, I'm super impressed. I'm listening to you talk and you've, you've really obviously taken the time to kind of think about all this stuff, big picture. And it's so easy. And again, I've been guilty of this countless times to get caught in just trying to keep your business afloat, that you're just kind of reacting to any and everything, functioning haphazardly. And then a lot of this big picture thinking gets lost in the mix, right? Because we're just trying to keep up. I, I promise we're going to get back to this journey because we only have about 15 minutes. I'm going to come back to these points that you made just a second ago. But how, if you were to throw up one piece of advice for photographers listening in who are like, man, I'm just so overwhelmed that the idea of coming up with this kind of strategy, being this intentional with my business and having, having a really a big picture strategy for my business is, is just overwhelming to me right now. I'm just trying to keep up. I'm just trying to get sessions done, get the editing done, get it to the client. Do you have a piece of advice, a recommendation that you can give for photographers to learn to begin to make that shift to thinking more like a CEO when it comes to running their business? Absolutely. And this is not marketing related. This is not anything that has to do with how we can create that client journey or anything like that. But where it starts and one of the best things that I ever have done for my business is exactly kind of what Nathan mentioned, which is thinking like a CEO and getting any task off of your plate that does not directly benefit your clients. And so one of the things that we think about is how much time we waste in the day doing things that other people can do. And so we think about this and we say, oh my goodness, I need to edit my photos. I absolutely need to to get this done or anything like that. And I can't outsource it because this is my artistic talent. Mm. And one of the things that I say is, well, you learned how to edit, right? You at one point in time, took a Photoshop class or a Lightroom class, can that not be taught to somebody else? Can somebody who already knows how to do that, can they not do that for you? And one of the things that people say is, yeah, but it won't look the same. And my answer to that is, yeah, but how much more important is it for you to be present and fully present with your clients? Can anybody copy what it is that you do? Can somebody show up to your session how you show up to your sessions? Can anybody go into a shoot and see with the same eye that you see with? Not really. And so what we can do is we can get rid of these tasks or um, outsource it to individuals who are much more equipped to handle that particular task, like editing, outsourcing, um, like my video production. I don't... 
<laughs> yeah, shout out to photographers that are right there with Nathan. Um, and even in just going into the video production stuff that you see from the YouTube channel, I don't touch a single thing about that except for approving edits, uh, client emails, accounting, all the things that we're doing. There are ways to automate, to outsource, to find and build a team, even if you don't have employees under you. Like, I don't have employees. It's all contracted out through Upwork or um, image editors or something like that. And this is all stuff that allows me to run my business more efficiently and ultimately allow myself to actually think about that bigger picture rather than being weighed down with the tasks that somebody else can Mm. be doing. Uh, oh man, we could spend multiple episodes just there, but I will. That's keep a whole going. episode right there, right? Uh, yeah. Easily, easily. Um, coming back though to the the four phases of this client journey. So we started with the educational phase, and and again, the amount of value that you're adding just super practical. I really appreciate this. We talked about the educational phase. The next three are before the session, during the session, after the session. Because of the limited time, will you maybe highlight one or two of the most important elements at, of each of those phases for our listeners? Totally. Let's do during the session because I think that that's something that is going to be most beneficial to everyone where it's like, if you're a photographer listening, you absolutely have this phase in your in your business, you're absolutely going out and taking photos, right? I don't think we're going to disagree with that. And so what the during the session phase is, is we need to really and I, I always like to give practical advice. And so what I'd love for you to do is to take out a piece of paper and just fold it in half. Uh, I don't know, what is it? A hot dog way? So whatever, you have two columns, basically. Okay. And what you want to do is you want to write down every single thing on that left-hand column that you do during the shoot. So for me, that may look like um, helping to prep uh, final things for location and wardrobe, right? Where I have them bring it into the hair and makeup salon. It's going out on location, getting um, their on-location hair and makeup changes, as well as in-salon hair and makeup changes. It's heading to different cool locations. It's um, popping up the pop-up changer, right? This is something that everybody loves, right? This got pop-up changer, and what I want to do is I want to showcase that and allowing them to change on, on session. Um, playing music during the shoot, having them bring friends, having, um, you know, basically just a lot of fun and showing the behind-the-scenes, those funny things happening, right? So you want to list kind of every single thing that you do during that shoot. And then what I want you to do is I want you to pick three to five. If you're just getting started, if you want, you know, if you're kind of have this dialed in a little bit more, you can obviously do more. But when you're starting out, I want you to keep it simple because if you don't keep it simple, you're going to get overwhelmed. And if you're overwhelmed, you're just going to feel like not much is happening, right? You're not getting any traction. So I want you to get the small win, which is, hey, set up maybe or write down and circle maybe three to five of those that are really beneficial that you want every single senior that you work with to know about. So for that, I might pick location and wardrobe, hair and makeup, and then, um, or actually we could even break it down into wardrobe, location, and hair and makeup, right? So now we've got three. Then what I want you to do is on that right-hand side of the column, I want you to draw, and you can even just rewrite it or something like that, and I want you to take those three of those, or three or five, or however many you pick, and I want you to write down exactly what it is that you want to showcase, and what, and what social media platform is the best for that. Hmm, so, okay. for example, hair and makeup changes, what we might want to do is we might want to showcase that as like an Instagram slide post, where all of a sudden we say, hey, Here's what our hair and makeup team does. And this is something I do, I've do. i done in my business for the last couple of years is I have a slider, which is basically just a carousel or multi kind of thing of images that you can go from one image to another and say, here is exactly why I offer hair and makeup. Here's how we make it happen. Here's the benefit for you. And you basically want to show them exactly what it is that you're doing. So that's one post right there that we can do. And that even kind of throws it into the educational portion as well. Or maybe what we do is do it as an Instagram story. Or maybe what we do is we do it as an Instagram story with a poll feature and say, which hairstyle did you like best? What we may do is we also may throw it into the vlog. We may also throw it up on uh, Twitter as like multiple images and say, which of these hairstyles that we changed out on location did you like best? And so what we're doing is we're taking one small element of what we do in our business and basically putting it in different social media platforms to that ultimately 
serve the best purpose and do it natively mm. where we're not trying to force it. Like I had mentioned where it's posting yeah. the exact same photo mm-hmm. across Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter or whatever it is. What we're doing is we're actually really sitting down and, and consciously thinking of, okay, what is the best way that we can convey the value of what it is that we do on the correct social media platform? So, does that kind of answer the question? We can go in more in, in depth if we need to or anything like that. Well, too. and that's the thing. Like, there's We could go so many directions, and I'm still curious about the other phases too, but it, let's just stay here for the few minutes that we have. When it comes to capturing that content, one of the things, honestly, I'm amazed sometimes looking at social media feeds, stories in particular, the amount the photographers are shooting stories while they're at a wedding or maybe a session for that matter. It's tough. I, it, it, well, yeah, so... I guess I'm approaching this from two different angles. One, I'm a little bit concerned about the amount of shooting that's going on with their phone when maybe they should have their head in their camera and actually be photographing the client. Um, so I have a question about that. Like, how do you how do you minimize distraction from the actual job at hand while also capturing the content? And I guess really the quest- these questions go hand in hand. How then do you multitask effectively for somebody who's maybe not as good at juggling both their camera that they're supposed to be photographing the client with, but then also a GoPro or just pulling their phone out and shooting some video or shooting an image, juggling all of that at the same time without getting overwhelmed? Do you have some suggestions in that regard as well? Yeah, absolutely. Well, the first is, especially in the senior world, don't necessarily think of it as a distraction. And yeah, for the wedding stuff, like that's kind of fleeting moments. Like, you're Nathan, you're right. We're like, you probably <laughs> during a big thing, you should probably have your head and through the viewfinder right? the, yeah. looking at the back of your LCD, right? Yeah. During senior photos, it's kind of part of the experience as you know, they want to be showcased mm-hmm. on social media. They want to show that they're having a good time. So for seniors, it's a little bit less of a, I guess, concern if we want to call it that, but you're exactly right. It becomes extremely difficult to do this kind of multitasking. And so that's why I love bringing a hair and makeup artist when they book that session or having them bring a friend. And I make sure to really kind of promote that in my prep emails, in the text the day of that I send them for their session, those sorts of things. I say, hey, remember to bring a friend and I'll just literally hand my phone to the friend and say, hey, Ah. can you just run Instagram stories or hand it to my hair and makeup artist and say, hey, can you run Instagram stories for video? I knew I wasn't going to be able to vlog by myself. So that's where I was like, all right, we're going to bring in a team. They're going to follow me around. I'm not going to touch any of the video stuff. And so it really is just kind of like delegating tasks out on location and who, you know, their friend, they know how to work Instagram stories. They've taken selfies before. They know how to make all the Instagram stories all pretty and they find filters that I never even knew existed. And so (laughs) what they're doing is they're in essence curating that social story, that Instagram story to exactly what it is that they would want on their own. Uh, and that's going to in turn attract other seniors as well yeah. saying, Oh, this is, this is super cool. Cause Brilliant. they're posting what they want to see. Brilliant. I love that. Oh, that's really good. Okay. Well, so. you know what, again, we could, we could spend so much time and go so many directions, but you've already just brought so much practical information. The flip side of that is there were other phases that we didn't touch on. And I know you've got a lot more to offer. I want to be clear for everybody listening in or watching. Sean didn't ask me to do this, but Sean, I, I want to highlight your coaching page on your site because there is a lot more information to be had. Um, if you go to, for anybody listening in or watching, if you go to seanbrownproductions.com slash photographers or just click on photographers in the navigation, you can see the information there on the website. But Sean, can you just sum up what you offer when it comes to coaching? Yeah, absolutely. So um, thank you for doing that. Yeah, I definitely didn't ask you, so I appreciate the the little shout out at the end. And so um, I offer really two kind of core things. So the first is the Senior Photography Academy. So that is my signature course. So that teaches you every single thing that you need to know about really running a senior photography business from start to finish. That's every single thing that I've ever done. Um, doors open in 2022. There is a wait list. So um, if you head to seniorphotographyacademy.com, there's a wait list page. And then I also offer my mastermind. And that's for senior photographers who are really looking to take their business to the next level, who feel like they have some of the foundational tools, but are just looking to elevate their business to either increase how much they're making to streamline their business and essentially make the same amount while working less, or if you're, they're just stuck and un- not really understanding what it is that they need to do to book more clients, to get more leads, those sorts of things. Um, the mastermind, the doors are closed right now, but if you head to seniorphotographymastermind.com, there's a wait list for that as well. 
Okay. We'll, we'll put all of those URLs in the show notes, bocapodcast.com for everybody listening in. And yeah, again, I know you didn't ask for me to, to share that, but the amount of practical information that you shared so concisely um, and in a way that it's so easy to consume in that short amount of time, I'm super impressed with. So I naturally want to send our listeners to the yeah. resources. And w- again, we'll link to those in the show notes, bocapodcast.com, and uh, make sure that they have access to that information. Sean, uh, we did it. We knocked out another episode. I appreciate you coming back on the show. And we'll make sure to link to your website, Sean Brown Productions, and Sean Brown Productions on social media and Instagram as well in the show notes. Thanks for sharing so much valuable information today. Thank you so much for having me on, Nathan. And we'll have to have you on uh, on my podcast at some point in time. Oh, man, I'm down. Let's totally do it. Yeah. Let's do it. We'll all talk right. all things outsourcing, marketing, all the good stuff. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks, John. Thanks, everybody, for listening and for joining us. Make sure you go to youtube.com slash Boca Podcast. Subscribe for the upcoming live broadcast. And we'll see you soon.